Lions fans and city of Detroit. When we're on 16, you never stop showing up. You're disappointed, but you never stop showing up. Every week you showed up. And this motivated me to do the same thing for you. I want you to know, Michigan is our home. Detroit is our city. Lions fans are our pride. Line up. Welcome to Monday evening. It is Victory Monday. Lions win yesterday against the Commanders. We are now one and one. Uh, awesome game out in Ford Field. Obtain our first win of the year, moving up in the rankings and the standings. Officially the first team to beat the Washington Commanders as well in uh, NFL history. So pretty cool uh, thing to own at least on the positive side of things in the record books. So uh, lots to unpack after yesterday's game. Ford Field was rocking again. Um, honestly, just the way I think this offseason went into the season, it couldn't have been better situation that the Lions owned, uh, you know, back-to-back -back home games to start the season. I really think, you know, this is literally why we're in the position that we're at right now is is highly credible to to the fans right now and just, you know, the sort of the – the energy that they fed off of um, for both of these games. So anyway, um, incredible game yesterday, um, a ton to talk about. I think there's a, a ton of talking points, honestly, to go after it. Um, but anyway, let's sort of just dive right into this, you know, commander's lines game. Um, you know, Andrew just, you know, want to touch upon, you know, what we went over last week, even that led into this game about this commander's game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we had a perfect prediction or as close to it as you really can get based on what we were trying to forecast last week. Uh, you know, I feel like time of possession, we definitely won that in the first half. I know that came to a little more even in the second, um, but obviously that's going to happen when you have such a lead. Um, you know, predicting sacks, predicting golf being a little more accurate, being more aggressive. Um, all these things kind of came to fruition uh, in that game. And pretty much the entire game it felt like we were in firm control over it uh there was a point where maybe it started feeling like it was slipping away in typical lions fashion but i feel like we came back down scored another touchdown and made sure that we never lost uh full grip of that game so i mean it was a pleasure to see and it was nice to kind of have an easy sunday knowing we were going to get a win for most of the time yeah dominating dominating rushing performance I mean, 191 to 88, great on the defensive side of the ball. First half especially, I mean, just generating so much pressure. And, you know, it, it took once a little bit to come alive. But um, hey, when you build a 22-point lead right out of the gate, it, that's uh, that'd be tough for anyone to overcome. So, I mean, great first half, waves at the tone. Um, nice games by Rodriguez and Harris and that defensive front, Kaminsky and, and Hutch as well. So just a dominating first half really set the tone. And, you know, even with a, a good comeback by the commanders, it was more than enough for us to, to get the W. Seeing three games over the weekend have 20-point comebacks, I think. So I'm happy it wasn't four uh, with us being on the losing side of it again. Could have been. So it's nice to see. 
Yeah, it could have been, but I think that's a huge, um, you know, ceiling point to, to why, you know, why, why this team's different this year. And um, it's, it's really speaking volumes into, I, I think grit now is, is just a definition, not just on the walls of, you know, these uh, facilities, but sort of in the actual mentality and, and, you know, the heart of each player right now, um, not to fast forward through everything, but the post game videos on, on Twitter last night were erupting. And I mean, I, the, the players are sold, they're committed. And I mean, they, they, they have the coaches back right now. I mean, this is everything that we, I think ever dreamed of and more uh, for how these players are actually, you know, responding to, you know, what the coaches are saying and, and asking for. And, you know, you're really seeing it on the field right now. It's, it's, it's really a magical thing to actually witness right now, just as a Lions fan. Cause I mean, it's everything sort of falling in place. We're getting, you know, these rising stars in the making. Uh, I, quote yeah tell me if I'm wrong but I think there was one flag on us yesterday so I mean if you actually look at a perfect game for us for being disciplined we got it um I mean we're just doing a lot of good things I mean barring injuries you know like we are doing everything right everything right and yes you can say the commanders are not a top 10 team I, I don't care I don't give a shit um we're playing great football right now defense has a lot to you know sort of fix and touch up on because yes we don't I don't I, I wouldn't say that you know giving up 30 points back-to-back games is a positive but we're, we're we're doing really good things on on all sides of the ball special teams offense defense and just coaching um so I think we have a, lo- a, t- a ton of positives to talk about of course I think we still need to you know go a little into the the negatives but we'll get to that yeah and no turnovers too right I mean that's another huge plus right it's rare for for you to utter no turnovers in the same sentence as the Detroit Lions but here we are yeah yeah so I mean let's let's sort of break down how we got such a erupting lead after this first quarter again just looking at the last you know 18 football games right that the Lions have played getting ahead early was not it was never a thing right um you know, we, 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 we come out, we get the lead with the field goal. Um, and then defense really just set the tone, um, you know, from there for the rest of the quarter. And it it really allowed us to expand on that lead. So Andrew, take me through some, um, you know, key highlights that, you know, really stood out for you. Um, at least from the defensive end, I think from rookie to veteran, I think everyone played their part, at least in that first quarter, really stretch out that, uh, that game. Yeah, I mean, first of all, from the offensive side of the ball, like you're talking about setting the tone early and everything. You had, what, three 50-plus yard plays, give or take, in the first quarter between the swift run, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Khalif Raymond on the, the punt return after the safety. Um, so I think setting the tone early, being aggressive like we were talking about, it was, you know, it fit right into that game script perfectly for us. Um, going to the defensive side of the ball, I think – everyone was hoping for that Aiden Hutchinson breakout game. And I know I was predicting three sacks last week. I didn't think it would be three sacks in the same player in the same half. Um, But I'm very happy to say that that happened. Um, I think everyone could look at him now going forward and say, you know, we got our guy and hopefully he can continue on this, this pace of just being such a a game wrecker. Um, You know, yeah. Top to bottom though, like, you know, Harris with the, uh, the sack and safety, um, everything was just working from, like you said, top to bottom. And that's something that we need to do going forward. Um, it was awesome to see just the disruption that we were sending to their to their backfield, and they really couldn't get anything clicking. 
it was something that really from the Detroit Lions, you know, defense side of the ball, we haven't seen it in such a long time. So that was awesome. Yeah, and great cohesion by the offense, right? The offensive line getting good push, you know, Skipper doing a great job, Evan Brown doing a great job. and Game know. ball skip? Yeah, honestly, I mean, it could be uh, given the offense, offensive line fears, you know, it gets a pretty good front. I mean, the commanders have a pretty good defensive front. We can, I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. And got great push, and Jamal and DeAndre did their thing, which really opened up the pass game, right? That's all you can hope for, right? One complements the other, and the run game was explosive. It's been explosive the first two games. I don't see that letting up. And, you know, Jared Goff gets into a little bit of a groove and the deep ball was there this week too. So it, it, it's good to see some cohesion there. And and then our leading tackler, which was kind of surprising, Mike Hughes. I mean, eight tackles, eight total tackles last, last game. So a lot of good games from a lot of underrated, underappreciated players. And, and we have a great result. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So. Yeah. And uh, again, for the run game, you know, we said it after game one and, and I think we're even more confident now after game two is the, the run, the run offense is, is the hottest it's been in a decade. I'll go with <laughs> it is, it really is. And you can't, you can't let up. And, and I think this is now a moment we have to pay our respect to, you know, Ben Johnson's play calling. I was sort of breaking down um, some videos today and, you know, I think more experts than me on, on Twitter were sort of, you know, breaking these, these plays down a lot more, but he's getting really creative. He's getting really creative on these run plays. The one that went to uh, Amon Ra, you know, some of these um, handoffs, you know, to Swift, even the, you know, the one he's, there's a reason he's breaking out for these big plays, you know, credit the line for doing a ton of, you know, you know, manhandling on our end, but you know, like we are getting a big play now um, from each and every guy. And, and it's, it's really, you know, changing our drives. And I mean, we go into Vikings territory next week. This is absolutely something we're, we're grounded pounds until, until something, someone can stop us. It's, it's giving Goff a ton of flexibility and cushion when, you know, he's, uh, just just one thing I guess that we haven't really ran into is like we're not getting stuck with these like third and twelves, third and tens. We're gaining ground on each play. And I think that's something that we're all sort of shocked with because it's something we just haven't seen before in, in in a long time at least. So it's sort of it's sort of stargazing in a way. And even when we do, it seems like we're I mean, we're not converting every third down, obviously. No, no of course that, not. But we're converting the the third and longs, the the mediums it seems like more than in the past, mm -hmm. you know, when we would have the third and four, third and six, you try to run the ball, you get a yard and it's a three and out once again. Now it's, we get Hawkinson, you know, bobbling the ball. That might've been a second down play, but brings it in on a key drive. Um, Josh Reynolds had some big catches. Um, so it's like stuff like that, that I feel like we just haven't seen in the past. And those big plays coming from random guys that you may not expect. And those key third down conversions, even fourth down conversions, um, yeah, I mean, that's what's going to make us a winning football team. Jalen Hurts, touchdown, scrambled in the end zone. Look at that. Great. Fantastic. Nothing new. We've seen enough of that. Yeah, seriously. Not going to lie, I'm a fan of this dual uh, Monday Night Football action right now. I kind of hate it, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, yeah, I, I think Drew pretty much nailed all the, all the big takeaway points. I think we've had so many boring OCs the last. Predictable, too. 
yeah, like super boring. I mean, I mean, Dan Campbell calling the plays at one point. It just it's a nice breath of fresh air to get creative, man, with players who can really handle creativity. Truthfully, right there, they get them in open space. They're talented enough to make a guy miss or two, and you know, it's really, I guess it's utilizing the best of their talent. You know, so love the creativity, love love the non stagnant offense, and it, it it's really made a difference. I think for Jared Goff, right? You run the ball that well, you don't commit any holding penalties and get yourselves in third and long, second and long. It's it opens up the whole playbook for him, right? And defenses have to respect that. So keep the creative play calling coming, keep Jared comfortable in the pocket like he's been, and and hopefully we'll get more thirty plus point results that we've been getting. So yeah, I mean it's it's proof we're winning these battles. We have seventy points through two games. Um, it's a miraculous stat, but I mean, you know, I, I think Goff is, this is, this is definitely a growing confidence thing for him, but, um, I think there's still a few things you have to beat him up on, um, in terms of, you know, his output, you know, I think you look at his stat line yesterday, if you were someone who didn't watch the game, you see 255 passing yard and four touchdowns, uh, watching it, I would actually say that he didn't really play to that, to that stat line. Um, I mean, again, I think this, the, the, the worrying thing, and well, you know, one of my predictions is I wanted to see a little more, you know, accuracy in his passing. Um, I still think he's making that, that these, maybe I'm catching this more and you guys tell me if you, you see it too, but like these out routes for our receivers and tight ends and Hawk, like he's not in sync with them, you know? Um, and, and more importantly, him and Hawk are not in sync at all. So yeah, I mean, it seems like St. Brown is the clear number one target on our team. Yeah, Shark had a like donut they definitely yesterday. have the most chemistry. You know? Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, we, we have quite a few, I guess, weapons to to utilize. So there's always going to be an odd man out. Um, I think that, especially in a in a contract year for Hawkinson, um, we need to decide if he's the guy that you know. Do you give that fifth year option to you? Try to extend him at a lower price or a higher price and determine what he's worth. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays out, but I mean, you're going to, you're going to have guys that are not going to have great stat lines. I think it's the clear, it's very clear that St. Brown is, you know, our top guy, how Jameson is going to impact that when he gets back, we'll see. Um, but I, I like how he's spreading the ball around. I like how he has confidence in one guy to, you know, to get the first down in St. Brown. Um, and I hope the chemistry improves with, with Chark and everyone else. Um, I mean, obviously he's had a full year with Hawkinson already. Uh, last year, Reynolds, he's played with in the past on his other team. Um, but, I mean, I, I think we know who Jared Goff is at this point, and he's going to have some of those errant throws and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Just got to hope it's minimized and, and try to win a game, even with it happening. And I think it's going to get better just with, you know, the the reps, right? Ben Johnson's, I think, uh, really making him adapt and get him a little more comfortable <laughs> in these specific situations. And, um Again, I think time will just tell in, in case if that's something that he can fix or, or adapt to. You know, again, I, I, I do like the aggressiveness on, on some of these plays inside the 10. And, um, you know, you know, one actually panned out. And then, you know, that sort of roll out of the pocket play that he, you know, threw off a of one foot uh, right to St. Brown. I mean, that was a, that was a, a risky play, right? Um, especially in the red zone, red zone where we're not totally the most, you know, uh, powerful team in that area. So, um, 
again, I think if you give him that, that, that play call and he's able to execute it, I think that's only going to build trust and, and, and move in the positive direction for him. So, I mean, hopefully we'll allow him to, to make some of those calls with a little more confidence down in the future when it's actually a true crunch time play. Cause I think some of those plays yesterday, we had a little more cushion in, so um, it, it wasn't as crazy of a scenario, but um, you know, those are the times we really need him in the future. You know, when it's a tie game with two minutes left in the fourth, right. We want him to be comfortable, comfortable in the pocket and, 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 and ready to actually deliver a pass and actually change the game right there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, other than that, I think the only thing that we really need to really build on for him, or at least he needs to build on is his consistency. Um, I, I would love to see that number get a little higher for his accuracy, but I think, you know, again, still early on in the year, we got the win. I'm not going to nitpick it too much. Um, but another, you know, a great thing, shout out, you know, Amon Ra, eight, plus receptions, eight straight games, tying an NFL record for like that streak. And then six straight with like eight receptions and a touchdown. So, I mean, I, you know, I put a, a tweet out yesterday saying extend him now. And I think Twitterverse loved it. And I mean, like, what do you do? What, like, do you, is, is this potentially an off season? You already start having that conversation for him if he keeps this up. You may, you may have to, given given the way he's eating. I mean, running the ball, like when he gets a touch in the backfield or when he catches it, right? So he keeps popping off like this. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna want to get paid. He's doing Debo type plays too, because it's 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 these quick plays, and he's also now being you know heavily invested in the run game, and and again, just the the shakeup of play calling, it's playing to his advantage, right? And it's 100%. working. Mm-hmm. in space right like like you said i mean he's 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 strong as hell and he's a tough tackle in space right and then he, he's a threat if you put him in the backfield he's a threat to roll out and catch a pass too so that opens up play action as well so yeah i mean it, it'd be hard for them not to consider trying to pay him or looking to pay him this year to avoid that pitfall later on but that's a i mean that's a kick the can down the road conversation i hope i don't know that's a it's a good worry but at some point, you got to pay the man if he keeps playing well. That's, that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think not, we got to be yeah. in the. Uh, it's it's a he's a four year contract, so we have this year and two more after. And I, I feel like you got to walk that line the right way of don't wait too long. Like I mean, I'm a Yankee fan. Waiting for Aaron Judge to be an unrestricted free agent looming over my head is is killing me inside. So making sure that we don't wait too long to extend him or do it too early. So I think maybe after this season probably a little too early for me to give an extension unless we really get a good deal and it's long-term takes him into, you know, the second half of his career beyond. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how it plays out because obviously you've seen that he's such an important piece of our offense. Yeah. He he's crushing it. And, you know, again, it's, it sucks that sharks not getting enough reps <clears throat> or at least I should say putting his hands on the ball. Um, but you know, we, we, we still managed to win the game. Um, you know, Reynolds had, you know, three grabs yesterday, one for a touchdown. Uh, Hawk had about three as well. And then maybe we sprinkled a, a catch here and there for some other people. But um, it, it's predominantly going to St. Brown. And uh, you just hope that, you know, we, we can at least get another guy in that, you know, you know, plus five catch range just to, you know, keep these defenses guessing. Because, again, going into Vikings uh, – 
into Minnesota next week, I, you know, they, they do have a better defense, right? So, I mean, it's definitely something that we're going to need a little more diversity on. So, but before we jump into, you know, Vikings talk, just a little, a t- definitely a way more to unpack from this game. But I mean, like Swift now, back-to-back games, huge breakout runs. You know, I think they really took it easy on him, especially once we got the lead in the first half. You know, if you really look at it, he had five carries, right? Five carries for 56 yards. Um, I'm assuming after that huge breakout run, his other four rushes for were, were minimal, right? Um, had a few grabs um, for 30 and a touchdown. What did what, you guys think of that touchdown dump off that, like, he fell on the 20? And then I'm shocked the, the, the commanders couldn't get him get him in, in, in that play. Like, you do any of you guys think yeah, that was a wild play? Yeah. They didn't rally to the ball like I thought they like like I thought they would. Yeah, you, know, you figured yeah. once he they were throwing the ball to the to the backfield to the backs a lot. You figured they would be able to sniff that out, but they they didn't make any adjustments. You know that was part of the other that, that was the other thing I noticed. Like it took them so long to adjust to what we were doing, and then by the time they did, it was over. So it just that play was that play was a little bizarre and. There were a couple other plays too that were strange, but that one in particular was uh, one that stood out. It just did not rally to the ball at all, and DeAndre made him look stupid when he got up. So, oh, he came to he went to the middle of the field too, you know. So I, yeah, I, I make I, the joke that uh, you know, you're saying Ben Johnson's got some great play calling. It's a interesting play to call the pass to a guy that's sitting on the ground and then uh, try to gain yards from there. But no, that, that I don't think I've ever seen that before. But I'm thrilled it happened, obviously. Yeah, all around, again, I think uh, a fantastic offensive performance for us. <laughs> Everything's clicking. Uh, I think just confidence and and whatever positive word you want to put into that sentence is, is, is moving in the right direction. Um, defense is just, you know, one thing that I think we do need to still, you know, look at and make adjustments. But, you know, if we, we, we made big plays yesterday, and I think that was the difference compared to the Eagles game. So, um, and I think it's proof that, we do better against non-rushing quarterbacks. So um, another good thing to look forward to for next weekend, because, you know, Kirk is definitely not that rushing type of QB. Um, so if we can, you know, bring that added pressure again, I think this could be another um, super close one and who knows what could happen. Um, I'd love to, you know, come out of that place obviously with a win. So um, one other item I wanted to talk about was Akuda again. I mean, you know, this guy's now back-to-back games taking on, you know, a team's well-known wide receiver, Devontae Smith, Terry McLaren, you know, yesterday, McLaurin, whatever you want to call him, uh, his last name, you know, no catches in the first half, you know, when he, when he covered him. And then, you know, Terry had a few catches, obviously in the second half, he was getting a little more uh, space, but, you know, how do you guys grade Akuda's second game? I mean, I, I can't say enough good about him right now. Yeah, he's looked great. I mean, he, he looked great training camp all the way through to now, and it's translated well into the field. And uh-huh. um, he's got 15 tackles so far, and a defended pass. So he's he's putting up the stats, and he's only allowed only 63 passing yards so far. You can't ask for more than a guy who really hasn't played a hell of a lot of healthy football. So especially with Amani being out, that's a huge lift for us against that Commanders wide receiver core. It's got some it's got some talent. So uh, great performance by him again, two games in a row. Keep it up and uh, keep, keep the tackles coming. He's, he's tackling really well in space, too, which is super encouraging. Yeah, and, I mean, a huge credit to the coaching staff, too. Like, 
uh, I feel like going into the season, you don't know where he is mentally. You know, he's first or what top three pick played only a handful of games in his first two years. You don't know where he's coming in. You know, can he still handle that pressure? And it seems like he's done it flawlessly so far. And for them to be able to, to get him ready for the season, you know, get him to be at his best, um, you know, shout out to that group of guys to, to really get the most out of him because it seems like it's really paying off. Yeah. So uh, some other notable names just based on, you know, some of the guys we had from last year, you know, Derek Barnes continues to uh, drop in, in the snap count. Um, you know, he did get 13 special team plays. Um, <coughs> I, was there any defensive plays for him? He's a big guy. Not, I, I We didn't catch single, him. Not a single defensive snap for him. So, I mean, it's a good question. Is, is, is he making his way out of the rotation based on, you know, you know, what other guys are doing? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he's been a liability in pass coverage. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what's shown so far and covering backs out of the backfield has been hard for him. He's a good tackler, but he just, when it comes to the speed and getting to the ball, it's that's, I think that's where his, his weaknesses have shown and, these other guys are getting more of an opportunity to step up and play and they're making the most of it. And he's not, I think that's what it comes down to. So maybe more Josh Woods and Chris board, but Derek Barnes, Rodrigo. Rodrigo has been great, but yeah, Derek Barnes, a little disappointing early out of the gate. It's, it's a, it's not a good thing for a shell linebacking core. It's not. It's definitely not, a, but, you know, thankfully, I guess the bright side now is, again, with this leap that we're taking on, you know, uh, Malcolm, you know, he's getting in there. He's he's essentially leading the pack now with, you know, reps on defense. Um, Anzalone was out there a ton yesterday, and I actually thought he looked, you know, pretty good for the most part. But, um, you know, it, it, it's definitely something to talk about because – it's another topic that I feel like we can't, you know, get out of our system is just stressing the, uh, the, the, the death problem for the lions. And I mean, if we, if we do get one injury, I, I am again, still very worried. And I, for the most part, I think they've held their own and uh, they've, they've done a decent job considering the core that we have. Could it be better? Yeah, <laughs> obviously. But um I, I do think that they're not truly getting, you know, that exposed um, tight ends, you know, defense has typically been a huge problem for us. And I feel like we're just in the middle of the pack right now for that. Yeah. But we're getting good pressure from a D line, which I think is taking a little bit of pressure off the linebackers. They can focus more on coverage too, which has mm-hmm. helped. So mm-hmm. the way Kaminsky has played, uh, he's been a godsend too. So I think getting, getting good pressure from just the D line alone and then giving that, give me some linebackers a little bit more luxury and freedom to, to focus on coverage and to focus on what they have to do, I think is a, is a lift for them as well. So kudos to the D line for making the linebacker lives easier, but Malcolm Rodriguez, number 12 in PFF now great for linebackers. Uh, great start. Just throwing grown men around. You can ask Jason Kelsey about that, but just uh, he, he's been, a, he's been rock solid. I hope he keeps it up, man. He's been playing really well. Yeah, I mean, going back to Anzalone too, it's like he's he's serving a role. You know, he's like the future of the team at his position. Yeah. Um, so, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's on a one-year contract now. So, I mean, he came into last year, one-year contract. We bring him back for another one. But 
we need to find that that next guy like we're doing at all these other positions um because i mean if, if we don't find that guy soon eventually anzalone moves on goes to another team retires whatever it is um and we're digging ourselves into a hole so the lack of depth and the lack of young guys i guess in that area we need to hopefully fill that soon unless we bring someone into free agency but that's definitely an area of need right now and i don't see it really ending anytime soon so one thing do either of you guys know that much about like i guess the the equation or the analytics that go into how your pff score is made or determined I think it's right. Some of it is ranked based on what the other linebackers in your team are doing. Plus they have this equation that I know for a fact where it's tackle opportunities versus tackles made within those opportunities, if that makes sense. So if they have an opportunity to make a tackle and if they whiff or not, that plays into it too. And But there's a variety of stats that go into PFF. PFF's a, a juggernaut for betting and statistical analytics, but Right. So, like, if I was to ask you, you know, Hawk, I mean, I got to stop saying Hawk, Hutch, two H's. Hutch had a great PFF yesterday or a bad PFF? What would you say? To the naked eye, you would say great. Andrew? I can't disagree with that. I, I assume the way you're phrasing this question that it's not going to be all that spectacular. Well, yeah, and 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 that's sort of why I'm I'm just digging this. I, I caught this earlier today, and I'm just reading a little more into it now. You know, he 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 was our fifth worst PFF graded defender yesterday. Um, Charles Harris actually ran the table at a 49. So. I actually am just now I'm sort of like, hey, I want to actually look into this more about how this is actually built out because uh, Hutch had a 57. You have, you know, Malcolm at a 74, Will Harris, who I actually thought had a horrible game. Um, and I think social media and just news outlets were actually, you know, sort of chirping him. He got a 77. Kaminsky had a great game, in my opinion, had a 79. And then Chris Board had an 80. So I see I mean, a I think lot. You of- got to take it with a, a grain of salt a little bit. Like if, if this was the only way to score players, you'd be seeing the best contracts at each position be one through 10 and everything. Like you guys get, you have guys fluctuating on this all the time. Um, I love seeing it on Sunday night football, like, you know, big names are 78th out of 85 at their position. Yet he's a pro bowler or something like that. So I don't know, but I, perfect, the but- only reason I use, Aiden, as an example, is I mean, you 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 had a, a great game yesterday, especially like the first half. And if anything, like I, I do think there was almost potentially another play that he actually could have grabbed another sack. It just it just didn't fall in his lap. Like they 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 had great pressure. He was back there every play. It's not gonna. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna argue. It's not going to be that. Yeah, I'm. I'm with. I'm with you. I'm not going to argue either. But it's not going to be that easy for him going forward. He he gets, he gets good push off the ball, but when he gets an an offensive alignment that can stand him up off that initial rush, he's he's. You can see he's not doing the best at evading unless the pocket collapses. Mm-hmm. So he's he's still got some work to do. And like Harris, oh, 100%. Is getting, Harris is getting the majority of the push. 
Like even Kaminsky got some good push, but Hutch is really good at just swim moves and getting around. But his initial push off the ball leaves a, leaves a little bit to be desired. So, but, I mean, but he had three sets yesterday and good game. Whatever PFF PFF says, I mean, a three set game is is good in my eyes. I yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Just again, not to not to piss him on about this, but I just thought that was interesting that he's now like in a low tier. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I'm not like. Just more curious reading about that. So, so, all right. So on to just, I guess, final, or just where we stand now into, you know, through two games, right? Lions have the second most rushing yards behind the Browns because Nick Chubb is an absolute beast. Um, And we lead in yards per game. So any final thoughts on just that stat after two games? for the Detroit Lions. It's only going to get better because we're going to get Frank back. We're going to get Jameson Williams back and we're going to get, you know, we're going to get healthier. So I, think I know, man. Some, we're missing. They're going to get better. Core yeah. players. Yeah. So hold the line for now. And then I think, I think tonight's game with Minnesota and, and Philly will tell us a lot about what I think we should expect from the Vikings in week three. I mean, truthfully with a good running offense that the Eagles have. We saw it firsthand, but, um, you know, that just gives us a good idea what the Vikings D can do against a good running team. So the Packers struggled against them week one, clearly. Couldn't get any – couldn't pass the ball to save their lives. But mm-hmm. um, I think tonight's Eagles-Vikings game will give us a good idea of what's going to – what's going to or what may take place against us in the week to come. No, 100%. And, and from – what I'm looking at so far right now on TV is Hertz is still doing the same thing. So the difference is how do you contain him if they did it better? Um, and again, obviously we have, we have Goff who is not mobile, but um, I think offense is, is, is the position or side of the ball that stays the same um, and, and consistent for next week, maybe a little downgrade with a stronger defense, but um, it, I'm just very curious about how he can control, you know, the, this Vikings team. So I think it's going to be a, a really big test, especially at their field. Um, one other stat that caught my eye, though, uh, again, I, I don't think it's a shock, but, um, you know, we are tied with the Chiefs for most total touchdowns. So we're, like, really in this area of stat tracking where, like, we're with some, like, big-name teams. It just feels weird. <laughs> I mean, I feel like based on the production we've had from the last two games, you could probably say that we're, I mean, it's a two-game span, but in the elite offensive category based on just production, total points, whatever else. Can argue. Um, I, I think that you need a little bit more than two games of a sample size to determine that. Um, but, I mean, it, it has fans buzzing. Now I'm looking at right now on the other side of my screen the schedule for the rest of the year. And, you know, I'm looking at just wins across the board for a lot of teams getting a little uh, a little too happy right now. Uh, I need to come back to earth a little bit. But, I mean, that's what these games do for you. You see all the, the explosion on one side of the ball. If you're able to contain them on defense, then, you know, the sky is the limit. And if we can get healthy, we get the interior line back, JMO back, obviously anyone else, then, you know, we have hopefully a bright future coming. And it's, it's exciting to see, man. Absolutely. And, you know, this is the third best offensive start through two games in Lions history, right? So if you just 
take into account everything they're doing, total yards, accuracy, consistency, scoring drive percentage, red zone, getting points. I mean, this is just a very well-rounded offense right now. And um, I'm really excited to see how Ben, um, you know, just keeps this going. So, I mean, to, to, to elevate their offense, to keep getting 30 points per game and having a record that, you know, uh, surpasses, you know, a, a previous season. It, it's really cool to, to actually witness already through two games. So, I mean, uh, let's see if that can, you know, keep up again against a stronger team. I'm, this is now really where it gets uh, testy, right? Because, you know, this is our, our first division game of, of the season. It's away. And um, this is really where uh, we got to see if we're for real. Right. I think we had to, um, well, Eagles, you know, we're our top 10 team, I think right now, but division games always change. Right. So onto that, onto some Vikings talk. So, um, and again, I think uh, now that we went through our uh, predictions from, you know, the actual game that just happened, we're going to move over into, you know, Vikings territory. Uh Current game set sits at minus seven Vikings with an over under 53. I'm going to just off the bat say that I don't think that number is high enough still for the over under. The over under. The over under. What's the over under at? 53. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's too low. They're not giving respect to the Lions offense right now. None. They're not. Yeah, so, that, that spread of seven is aggressive. I think that's very aggressive. I think it's a little aggressive considering how good we how well we played in the last couple of years in in Viking land. Yeah, and and they're a team. I think that every time we play them or they play us, they both we we both look at that game as a winnable game, and um, I, I think it's it's been a fairly even matchup for the most part over the last few years. Um, I think both teams have changed a ton. Uh, did we split last year? I wouldn't even say like last year is a good. Yeah, we we lost on that deep field goal in Minnesota. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we we won three games this year, but name them. <laughs> I don't think we won. I don't think we. I don't think we beat them last year. We beat oh, we the beat, Cardinals well, last and the Packers. Year. No, we beat we won the last game of the year against them. I think. No, that was Green Bay. No, it's Packers. Or was it our first one against the Vikings at home last year? I can't remember. Yeah, it was St. Brown. St. Brown called touchdown. I think it was against the Vikings. Yeah, at home. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the final play of the year. We Mm -hmm. should have remembered that. Mm -hmm. Jeez. I thought that was Cardinals. No, that was Minnesota. Gotcha. I had too Um, many beers during that game. I forgot. (laughs) Too many beers. All right. um, So, predictions. So, with that said, minus seven Vikings over under 53. Andrew, what are you, uh, what are you expecting? Uh, you know, hopefully we get a little more health back on, uh, you know, the Lions depth chart. I don't know what's uh, in Allen Park right now when the drinking water, but um, it, it better be fixed um, by the time we, uh, you know, take off to Minnesota. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think next week's going to be a little bit of a reality check after we get on the high of this win. Um I just, personally, I just think the Vikings offense is so lethal between Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. I feel like every time we play them, they just score at will. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a very high scoring affair. I think our offense will be able to stay somewhat at pace with them. 
Um, but I, I think in the end, it's going to be Vikings to take it. So I'm going to go 41-33, super high scoring. I think we'll be able to put some points up, like I said. Uh, I just I don't think we're going to be 74 points. I, I think it's going to be a high scoring one. 41-33 Vikings. And prediction for props, I think we'll get Swift and Jamal to each score one. I think the ground game has been working. If we can sneak Ragnar back out nice. on the field. Um, obviously, uh, Vitae is not playing. He's on IR. But if we can get somewhat healthy back in that uh, O-line, you know, if Skipper plays again, if he can hold his own, whatever it is. Um, I think Swift and Jamal are each going to score a touchdown. Um, but in the end, I think we're going to be a little bit short. Well, let me let me stem or, or add to the, the question then. What's your, what's your key to a Lions upset then? And Matt, I'll ask you too. So start thinking. Pull Justin Jefferson under 200 yards. <laughs> no, no I mean, come on. That's not realistic. No. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think we got to contain <laughs> Justin Jefferson. I, I think that um, we've done a good job up front with stopping running backs. I think Dalvin Cook will have a good game against us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Justin Jefferson is just the guy that can, if he has an amazing game, there's no chance we're going to win. So if we can contain him a little bit, you know, keep him out of the end zone, preferably. Um, you know, he, he's a tough guy to go up against. But I, I mean, if Akut is on him, this is a true test that we're going to have. If it's, you know, he can do it against Terry McLaurin, um, Carson Wentz. But when you go to Minnesota, you get arguably the best receiver in the league and you, and you shut down and you can't do it. Um, I think this will be a very telling game for us. So, I think we're not quite there yet to get a win, but hopefully we could do it. But I've shutting Justin Jefferson down, I think, is going to be the big scheme. I don't think it's a bold take, though. I think special teams is going to be where it's at because we have a, we, I think we have a special teams advantage over them, truthfully. And we're going to be punting a little bit, I think, truthfully. And Jack Fox has been great. Cybert's been good. You know, I, I think we have really a good. Team. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have a special teams edge. And, you know, if Khalif can get a couple of good kick returns like he did last week against the commanders and put us in good field position, that that that's huge. So, you know, the not so obvious one will be that one, but the more obvious one would be getting, you know, getting more pressure on on cousins and making them get the ball out sooner, right? To prevent that downfield attack with Justin Jefferson and you know, stopping those routes from developing so long where he can get open and run open. So pressure and special teams. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the two games we played the Vikings last year, Jam- uh, Justin Jefferson went for, you know, eight for 125 and 11 for 185. So he's torched us, at least in the last two games. So, I mean... Key to victory, as, man. Shut him down. As, as expected, right? So, I mean... He's a stud all around. I mean, you have to do everything uh, in your secondary to contain him. And um, I think this is pro- this is easily the best receiver that we're facing going into the ah, – actually, no. Actually, yes, I, I stay true to that. He's better than A.J. Brown. Agreed? Yeah. I mean, yeah, slightly different players. but Different player. Different player. Hard, but to, I, hard to debate that at this point. Jefferson's a stud and no one's going to debate it. Yeah, I, I'd say so. So, okay, sounds true. So, uh, this is definitely the, the biggest challenge, at least for the, the wide receiver core. Al, Adam Thielen is Adam Thielen. Um, and, and the run game, again, they got the Dalvin Cook healthy. We've never had, you know, a positive thing with that. Um, last year, we faced Madison twice, and he ran us over both times. So, uh, key, to, key to the game right now is just, you know, of course, defense. I think that's really it. You, you allow – yourselves to give up more than 30 points we have no chance of winning this game 
Yeah, 31-26 finals. My prediction: Vikings over the Lions. That's my prediction. So crazy, man. We're getting st- we're it's still good. That. I mean, like we're we're giving up points, but we're scoring points. It sounds just like everyone's prediction. So I actually uh, I have uh, thirty-five um, twenty-seven. So I actually think the Vikings are going to actually beat out this spread only because I think there's going to be just some flaky points added up at the end of the game that just sort of just stretch out this game. But I think it's going to be close, honestly, until like the last, the last drive or so when they sort of just open it up. Um, But I think we can all agree the upset is absolutely realistic. And um, I think it's something that we're more than capable of doing, but uh, we have to play our absolute best football. If we can play about another game with, without penalties, um, have a little more health on the field this time, and maybe even get some good luck, um, you know, against the Vikings where we can force a turnover, get a few sacks, um, really, you know, put the, the Vikings back in their territory um, and force a lot of third and longs. I mean, this could be anyone's game. This really could be anyone's game. So, um, but one thing to add for my prop, um, I am going to say that Shark gets more involved. Um, I think it's a tighter matchup for our, our, our receiving core this week. Um, so I'm going to say it's not a, a sexy one, but I think he's going to grab at least five balls. Khalif Raymond TD, that's my prediction. little out route. In the red zone. Oh, yeah, that's my prediction. One thing. Too many uh, mouths to feed here. <laughs> I like it. Um, has something just came to mind? Cephas C- is. Uh, may I say irrelevant? Who had more tackles last week, Quinten Cephas or Julian Aquara? What in week two? Who had more tackles in week two? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Aquara. What, Sevis was on special teams? Two to two. Total tackles. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He just came back. But that's not a good thing. It's not positive. Hey, we could flip uh, Sevis the linebacker. <laughs> Barnes, you're out. <laughs> yeah, see what he's got. He's a big dude. I need the Vikings to score, guys. Let's pray for this. Oh, Eagles, 14 nothing. I got bills on. So, but, uh, all right. I think we're good. I think we're good. We recapped a lot. Lions we're in a good not. place. We're Your team's not. Place. That's just the way to look at it. I, I found an article today that a verify – I'm not going to blow them up because I, it's, I just don't want to do that. But CBS – name dropped them. They ranked the Lions 12 after this week. Power rankings. Yeah, I can see it. PFF has them at like 18, so I could see it. The caption was, the Lions are hot and your team's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was like CBS, like Arizona. So, oh, dude, Dix is insane. Um, yeah, I mean, like, this is where it starts getting scary because, like, Lions are now going to be ranked 12th in a power ranking. Deserved? Maybe, maybe not that high because, again, just – 
beating the the commanders but like this is this is where they always it always gets nasty and it's like now you play the vikings who i think have good hype this year and then god forbid something bad happens and then they move back to like 27 and then we become like a freaking joke again oh if we win this week i am all in oh i'm in i'm I'm diving into the season i'm I'm flying to Detroit four more times for a game. I'm I'll, all in. I'll be are we home against the Seahawks. Is that we going then? If that's the case, Great. we home, home. Our, we're home. <laughs> our, our father will be there. I'll meet you. Oh up there. yeah, that's true. October first. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll start looking at flights. If Vikings win, I'm probably going. Screw it. Live live dangerously, as Austin Powers says. So, all right, line up. We're done. We're delirious. We've had a long work day. Football got the best of us yesterday. So uh, tune in this week. Follow us on Twitter, line up pod. Follow us on Instagram. Chime in. Join the roar. And uh, stay tuned for uh, this game on Sunday. Big division game. Um, really uh, set ourselves, uh, you know, separate ourselves from the boys, potentially, with a little upset. So, uh if that actually gets pulled off, that's uh, that's really going to set the tone for this season. And I think this is really going to become something special this year. So that's all we could hope for, and uh, we'll see what happens. Don't let me down, Khalif Raymond. Please don't let me down. Lions are ready to play some perfect football. Dan Campbell's got everyone on the hype wagon, and uh, we're going to ride this until uh, it, it absolutely runs out. So I'm here for it. So, all righty. Take it easy. Good night. Enjoy your evening, and uh, let's go Lions. Do so. Good night, Detroit.